Greetings and welcome to Real Men Feel. I'm your host, Andy Grant. I'm an author, coach, healer, and other things I can't even think of. So if you want to find out what those other things are, visit theandygrant.com. Real Men Feel is here to remind men that they are human beings and have the right, the need, the desire to express those emotions. One of those emotions is fear. Men are often told it isn't good to fear things, but you can't be courageous or brave without recognizing fear first. And I found time and time again, when I walk boldly into my fear, when I do the things that I'm really afraid of, magical things happen. Recently, I put out the call in our private Real Men Feel Facebook group for anyone interested in doing a regular guy chat. That means no agenda, nothing to sell, promote. It's just a regular dude who has something to share. And I said, if you're interested but terrified, that's a great sign to say yes. My guest today, husband, father, brother, retired IT professional, and present-day wellness warrior, Ken McKean, said yes, and I am terrified. So welcome to the show. I'm glad to have you here on Real Men Feel, Ken. Thank you so much, Andy, for having me. And I'm still terrified, but uh, this is <laughs> I hear this is part of progress and growth. So here we go. Awesome. So, that's a, so what made you say yes? What, 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 why didn't you just go, that sounds scary. I'm not doing that. Like, what got the yes out of you? I think it's kind of, like you said, leaning into the fear a little bit. As I'm in my trauma recovery, I found that there's a lot of growth there. Um, in the years past, I would always just be running away and hiding from the fear and things that scared me. But now I, I pay a little more attention and um, try to poke at it a little more. So, And are there specific fears that rise up or is it just a generalized terror? <laughs> um yeah there's so there's a lot of shame in my background so it's hard to um you know get past that and really share authentically without uh without being nervous or whatever cool well as someone who speaks about my own shame and experience i'm always nervous I, and I think if that ever went away, it, I, it wouldn't be authentic. It'd be this just pre-rehearsed thing now. So if I'm not feeling it, um, it's almost like I'm faking it. So yeah, I, th I think I, I find that those nerves, especially when it comes to someone being authentic and vulnerable, those nerves tell you that yeah, you're 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 walking the trail, man. You're you're doing right where you're, you're right where you should be, Ken. In my past, it hasn't been safe to do that, you know, so that's why I've learned, you know, from very young age to uh, to not feel, you know. Mm -hmm. So you've mentioned trauma recovery, you mentioned, you know, from a young age. So tell us a little bit about about your story. What what was life like? Um, I'm the youngest of six children, so I'm the baby. And my next oldest brother is five and a half years older than me. And the rest of them are much older than than him so um from the very beginning i was kind of told that i was kind of a mistake um and many other things by by both my parents and my siblings and uh early on i was given a feminist uh a feminine um nickname so i was kind of the old my older sisters wanted me to be a girl so so they could have an even three and three and so from when I was born, you know, they kind of uh, wished I was a girl and, you know, um, shamed me that way, you know, and we're all kids. Yeah. I'm not sure that, you know, they knew what was going on. They have, they all have their own issues, but um, 
I found out about three or four years ago, I got sober. I stopped, I've stopped drinking and I started addressing some of these things and, and just so many, um, so many traumatic experiences started coming to me. It was really incredibly overwhelming mm-hmm. and it wasn't just my family. I, because of, um, my family upbringing, I was, um, extremely vulnerable and completely abandoned. So I was taken advantage by a lot of other people, um, bullies and everything. Um, and so, but our mind, it was just locked away somewhere that I really, you know, I, I didn't have touch with it for many, many years and, uh, you know, covered up with alcohol. And, um, but as I started to, uh, you know, again, stop drinking and start to feel better, you know, just things come flooding back to me, you know, so right. that's been difficult. So as a child, were you conscious of the treatment and feeling the shame then, or is it, is it something that built unconsciously? I think I felt it then I felt it in my body and just, um, as a young child, just, um, you know, my reactions was just survival really. Um, I don't know that I felt it so strong when I was young, but, um, you know, as I, as these things started coming back to me, you know, I could see vivid scenes that, that have been uh, corroborated by other people, um, you know, that I forgot all about. Um, And how young were you when you uh, turned to alcohol for some relief? I think the first time I drank was I was 12. And, um, And then my parents got divorced at 13. And really, neither one of my parents wanted me even then. Um, it, it was weird. It was a strange situation where the court let me decide uh, who to live with. And normally that wasn't how it went. Um, and, um, you know, neither one of them was stepping up for me. So, you know, I made, I made a choice. Um, the rest of my family thought the choice was kind of um, selfish. So I stayed with my dad, but my dad traveled a lot for work. So I was really by myself, um, you know, going to make my own meals, do my own laundry and going to school myself when I was about 13. Did, did that drive the choice, knowing that you'd be alone a lot? Uh, no. Um, I think my brothers and sisters thought, again, I was being selfish in that way, that I was going to be alone and just do whatever I wanted to. But my mom was moving into a trailer park and I just, I didn't want to grow up in a trailer park. I, I didn't want my teenage years to be in a trailer park, I guess, was the most of it. And she was bipolar and an alcoholic. So, you know, I, it wasn't a, you know, it wasn't a scene that I wanted to go to. Yeah. I wanted to stay in the house that I grew up in. Did your parents treat your brothers and sisters differently or is, were they, were they kind of cold and aloof? Did, did they not care for any children or is it just after those, they, it was just kind of you feeling that way? That's a good question. I think the mental illness went on untreated for many years. Um, they they are so much older than me that they have kind of a different upbringing than I do. And I mean, we're, we're really literally different generations, you know? Um, so it's hard for me to say what kind of what their upbringing was like, but I, I think there was, um, there was a lot of suffering going on there for them as well. 
And did you have any sort of reconciliation as an adult with any of your siblings? Did you end up getting closer at all? I'm actually in a tough spot with that now. I had to like um, last year. I had to write them all a letter, and um, and you know, a lot of people. There's a lot of advice out there to write a letter, and you don't need to send it or anything. But I just felt like you know, each one of us is getting closer to death every single minute. So um, I, I hit send, and so I let them know how uh, the abuse and the abandonment and the shame has affected me. And I, I told them that I really can't see anybody family related, and um, yeah. And then that was last September. And then a couple months later, I found out my son was uh, getting married. So I had to invite, we had to invite all my family after I just had told them all of that. So, um, so yeah, the reconciliation's in progress. If you decided how everybody lived, would you like to be in relationship with them or would you rather just be not seeing anybody? Um. <clears throat> The trauma and the injury feels like I just want to isolate all the time, you know, so that's really where I go right away, always. Um, in fact, I I have kind of this complex PTSD thing. And and when I when I touch base with you, I was still in the midst of it. You know, I just had a real trigger that I was I've been down for about four or five days, just really kind of catatonic. Um, but I, I do know now what's going on. There was some years that I I was triggered all the time. I didn't know what's going on. Um, so I'm sorry. What was your question, Andy, about that? If if you got to decide, would you rather have a relationship with your siblings, have a reconciliation, or just be a alone and and not 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 ever deal with them? Uh, I would I would want a reconciliation with them for sure. I, I think uh, the solitude and isolation and loneliness is not a good place for me to be. Yeah, Personally. it's not a good place for any human being. So yeah, yeah, that's so yeah, just give you full, you know, nothing, you know, permission, and that yeah, that's a human need. So to to think that there's something wrong because you don't like being alone, like yeah, please, no one should do that to themselves. So so it sounds like the your your healing really started fairly recently. Uh, about six years ago. I got an OUI, my third OUI, you know, Massachusetts is not too friendly with these things. Uh, my my other two OUIs were 30 years ago and they were still gonna use that against me. Um, yeah, so I went through hell um, um, in, the, in the most recent one, uh, a two year long court battle and um, turned out okay but so that was my most recent uh come to jesus moment i guess <laughs> so uh through college and career and and as as an adult what was alcohol kind of the the main crutch for your survival or like how else did you deal with 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 the the, the shame and and the trauma and the ptsd that you've talked about yeah yeah mostly alcohol yeah, um, it's so um, it's so ubiquitous, you know, it's so normal, you know, to, you know, drink and watch the game or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it was, I, I drank every day. And were, were you consciously like, I've got to numb how bad I feel? Or was it just, again, did it just feel like society, did it just feel normal? 
it felt normal, but many days it was like, I can't wait to get to that one to, you know, uh, cover up these feelings. Yeah. yeah. So with, with your sisters wanting to, you know, feminize you more, um, but you still growing up with that masculine role of like, Oh, I can't have these feelings. These, these aren't good. Mm -hmm. Um, so you got, was there just this mixed message of yes, express how you feel, tell people what's going on. And, but most of it was, you know, shut up, Ken. <laughs> yeah. Good question. No, there was, uh, most of it is, you know, there's no room for emotion in a family of six kids. Um, you know, we were told, um, I'll give you something to cry about. You know what I mean? It, even as a little child, I, you know, hearing that, you know, um, so we we were definitely um, taught to, you know, suck it up. So you you have a son. Do you have more than the, your one son? Ah, uh, yes, we have two sons. Do you find yourself passing on that same message, or were you aware of it and try to change it? Like how how did it, how was it being a a father? Oh yeah, um, I thought about that constantly um, when we first found out we were pregnant. You know. I didn't have good role models. So like I was afraid, um, but I knew so many things not to do. So that was my starting point. And from there, I'm kind of a researcher and a learner. So I, I do a lot of that in, in many different realms. So I just started researching about um, good parenting skills and things like that. It really provided a, a, a safe home for them, you know, I'm sure. I am sure that I passed certain things down, um, but I tried my best to uh, do the best I can. Yeah, and that's all any of us can do. Yeah. And uh, ideally, our expectations of each other are just people do the best they can. And and with our own growth, we discover that the best we can do, the best others can do, changes over time. Right. We have not even good days, bad days. We have good moments and bad moments when we're communicative, when we're supportive and other times when we're shut down, we're angry, we're triggered. So, mm -hmm. but yeah, I, 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 it's so I do. I'm glad that you don't think anything was done by your, you know, your family and upbringing intentionally to harm you. Right. Oh yeah. No, I'm sure everybody was going through just incredible suffering in their own way. Um, yeah. If not for the OUI, do you think you would have changed anything? Uh, probably not. Probably not. I um, after I got through the court and everything, I I quit my job. I was with the company for thirty eight years, so I would probably still be in that miserable, stressful situation. And yeah, it, things would probably be worse okay so you quit a job that you didn't like at all to begin with it sounds like then yes it, it wasn't all right so yeah. it was what and so was quitting part of your conscious choosing to start improving changing life or was was that tied just into court issues no it was to improve my life okay um uh, you know i i often go back to the addition by subtraction rule and uh, i started taking things out of my life that just weren't working for me and unfortunately that was my career but um you know i got so much better by doing this whether it was alcohol um medicines you know the medical field is just killing us um 
So medicine, food, I, uh, I changed what I eat, um, totally lost 60 pounds. You know, I, I walk every day. So I just, you know, but little by little, again, it was just taking things out of my life that were just making me just out of balance. Can you tell me a little bit about the man that had the biz biggest impact on your life? Oof. Um, it was probably my grandfather, my, my dad's dad. And, uh, he was, a, um, he was a calm, gentle guy. So he was, uh, he was my, uh, he was my island in the middle of the chaos, you know, and, um, he died when I was probably maybe 12 years old, maybe, maybe 11. So, you know, way, um, too soon for me. So he had a big impact because he was just, uh, loving and kind, you know, what you, what you need as a, as a young kid. So at least showed you at least had an example of what was possible for yes. an adult in your life. Yeah. Ken, does anything stand out as something you're you're proud of? Yeah, I'm totally proud of my uh, my two sons. Um, they are incredible people, and I'm not just saying that because I'm their dad. You know, I hear that. I've heard it from so many people, um, and I you know I heard you recently say how hard it is to take compliments and and. Uh, and um, I think about that a lot because, you know, we do get compliments about our kids often and um, it's hard, it's hard to take because we kind of, sometimes I take it for granted, but, you know, we've worked hard on everything um, that where we are now. So I'm, I'm totally proud of what they've done. They both, both moved, to, moved to California, got incredible jobs in Silicon Valley and, you know, and, um, and many other things, accolades, so as you get better at receiving praise for your offspring, can you take any ownership of helping to create the the great men that they are? It's very hard for me to do. Uh, I just think um, I didn't fuck them up too bad, I guess is where I go, you know? Um, so yeah, I know that's, that's difficult because I want them you know, they, they've done a lot of the, a lot of the hard work, um, for themselves. So even when I say I'm proud of my kids, I feel, feel like that's kind of selfish. It's like reflecting on me that, you know, look at me, I'm, I'm proud, but like, really it's, um, you know, they've done a lot of the work. So they should be proud of themselves is what I try to say, you know, um, but. And have you, have you asked them? How do, what do they respond? I haven't asked them if they're proud of themselves. I think being selfish gets a really bad rap and it and it's really twisted because Ken, if you can feel proud of people in your life, of of children, of a job, of things you've done, of all these kind of intangibles, that's modeling to your kids that they can be proud of themselves. Mm -hmm. So if everybody is so because oh, I'm selfish, I don't want to be about me, then people grow up, oh, nothing's about me. Mm -hmm. it, it, I find that it it our 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 fear or the excuse of saying I don't want to be selfish is another way to deny our, our worth and our value and stop loving yourself. Yeah. So be proud as hell. <laughs> Own that shit. <laughs> yeah, right? you know, no, you're you know, right. We, 
I was kind of taught not to be selfish, you know, especially in a family of eight, you know, um, you know, there's no room for that kind of any, any selfishness, but really, you know, the last few years, it's, it's all about putting my own oxygen mask on first, you know what I mean? Being a better a version of myself every day and every week so that I can, uh, you know, help uh, better help other people. Yeah. Like choices for your survival, choices for your growth, for your joy in life. I don't believe any of those are selfish choices. Mm. The the selfishness that is negative is from the competitive side. Like, I'm going to take that from you. No, you can't have, but no, like feeling happy, feeling proud. Like there's not some finite supply of that. You can't use it up for like your family didn't get like, here's, here's your five pounds of pride. <laughs> Divvy it up amongst the eight of you. <laughs> yeah. Like that, that'd be a, that'd be a, you know, for, for, for whatever laments we have about this world, like that'd be even a worse one. If, 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 yeah, if our emotions were somehow finite and limited and had to be, you know, parceled out and decide like, oh, is this, is this really the best day I should be happy or do, should I save that? Um, but unfortunately too many men live like that. Like we're yeah. not allowed to feel like, I, I meet so many guys that, you know, anger is it, uh, and it's all the deny shame, but people, some guys can't even let themselves be happy. It's like angry and okay. Like mm. that's the peak. Yeah. And th there's so much more to all of us. I, w I was constantly triggered, you know, about, do you talk about anger? Like I could barely go out in, in society, um, you know, just pissed at everybody all the time. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to, you know, just have certain triggered moments and not be just triggered all the time, yeah. you know? So, so now when something triggers you, if you, you find yourself angry at a, a person, a situation, whatever it might be, what do you think you're really angry about? Yeah. Um, it usually ends up coming down to not being loved and unworthiness, you know, really complete vast emptiness inside um, that's usually what it comes down to, um, in, in abandonment, fear of, fear of abandonment. That's, that's usually the, what's behind everything. But, you know, if, um, years ago, I wouldn't even be thinking about uh, processing these things, but, you know, as they come to be now, I'm like, why is that emotion so strong? So I always try, I often try to, uh, analyze a little, um, uh, but sometimes it takes a few days. <laughs> But that's my again there, there's no limitation to the emotions and there's no you know t there's no time clock you know you don't run out of time it's, there's not a period or a game that that says how long it can take you to process something and and figure out what the what is the root cause and why am i feeling this way and what can i do to change it if it shows up again in the future i mean that that's 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 life is there anything that you uh since we talked about pride is there anything you're looking forward to uh, I am looking forward to that mankind uh, weekend coming up um, again, absolutely terrified, um, but I've learned um, that oftentimes there's just there's growth, incredible personal growth on the other side of that. So uh, I, I try to pick my things and kind of work through them. Yeah. So I and, am looking forward to that. And when you think about like I've said that that line, too, but where else could tremendous personal growth be except on the other side of what we're afraid of or what's, what's triggering us, what's upsetting us? Like, right. It's, it's not, 
you know, again, you can't just like mail order it. It, it's there's plenty of it, mm-hmm. but it takes your conscious effort and and usually a conscious effort to do something new. Now, it's, I feel like there's there's a lot of things here, but th- does anything stand out as as something that you really wished you had learned at a younger age? Yeah, there's a lot. Um, I think, um, you know, self-love and worthiness would be one. Um, And um, I don't know. That's a big one. That's, that's. (laughs) Yeah. Really, that, that you're worth it. And really... Nobody else is in charge of that, Andy. You know what I mean? You're in charge of that. You know, you can be treated like shit constantly. But in the end, the only one that's going to pull you out is is yourself. So, you know, um, in some way, you know, you have to feel that yourself. So I guess the biggest thing is even in relationships, you can't rely on the other person to make you feel happy. You know what I mean? Everything is inside of you. So it's it's you. So I feel like this comes back to being selfish then. Mm-hmm. everything's down to you so if you don't if you don't think you're important mm-hmm. you can't accomplish any of these things that that matter that's right yeah uh, ken is there anything else you, you want to share with people today um i don't know we covered a lot of ground i think uh one thing that has helped in my relationship with my wife we've been she's kind of my junior high school sweetheart We've been together 40 something years, Um, but one of the most recent things, well, fairly recent, the last 10 years maybe is uh, in our house, we have a one asshole at a time rule. So, and it's really helped. Um, And really what that's about is kind of a crass title, but what it's about is when somebody's having a bad day, just to not compound that. It's not the time to pile on. It's the time to create space and just let the person just throw up all the bullshit. And so we've um, we've had a lot of growth that way and not not just being so reactive to each other's situation, but just let the person have space. And maybe if there's things you don't agree with, you can talk about it later. But so I guess and in general, in any conversation is just giving giving space. Um, a lot of people are just uh, they're not listening. They're just waiting to talk. So uh, I think we need more, more listening in the world. Cool. I love, I've, I've not heard that term of the one asshole at a time rule. So I, uh, I, I really like that. And that's, that's all I love. I know every, every single person you could bump into again, has these nuggets, has these things that work, has this uh, turn of phrase, something to, to give that spark to, to someone else that yeah. definitely needs it. So it's really too. Sorry to interrupt, but one reason I am terrified and one reason I wanted to do this for any, it, it would be a disservice for me, I feel right now, um, to if there's just one person that got anything out of our conversation today, then it would be a disservice not for me to talk talk about it. So that's why I'm going to start talking a little more. Awesome. Amen. All right, great. So so what, what are some of Ken's plans? What 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 ways do you see or or wish to be talking more about about being you um 
I'm in development of like some kind of men's programs, you know, I'm not sure where it's going to take me, but um, I would like to create some digital products for to be accessed online to to help men survive really um, it covers a lot of different uh, a lot of different topics so I think um, getting more involved in men's work is on my on my agenda cool and awesome I, and I want to point out that you're already involved in yeah you're a man you're working on yourself you're being positively selfish. So you were involved in men's work. <laughs> oh, man. I, just for anyone wondering, so Ken and I are both in Massachusetts, but yesterday was the first time we ever spoke. And uh, and you had asked me some questions about the Mankind Project, and I let you know that there was the New Warrior Training Adventure Weekend was coming up here in Massachusetts at the end of this month, end of October, and you signed up last night. So again, I applaud you for taking more scary action. Um because I, I swear to you, uh, I, I'm getting emotional just thinking about it. How, hmm, I swear to you how proud and grateful and full of healthy masculinity you're going to be at the end of that weekend. Looking forward to it. Yeah, awesome. Well, thanks, Ken, for, for stepping into the fear and for sharing just a bit of your experience, your life, and your your newfound wisdom, and the ways that you love yourself and improve the life of yourself and your family. Thanks so much for, for opening up to us. Thanks for everyone listening today. Um, here in New England, it's definitely prime hoodie weather. And if you want to sport a, a warrior king, lover, magician, man hoodie like I've made, I designed this years ago just for me. And enough people have asked, so they're actually, they are for sale. You can visit realmenfeel.org slash swag. Uh, they come in multiple colors, uh, and they're just still, they're, I keep, they're under $40. So they are the, the bargain of the century in menswear. <laughs> Wherever you're discovering Real Men Feel, please subscribe, follow, like, share this with someone, uh, post a review, a comment. Um, if Ken's story resonates with someone in your life, like share this with them, let them hear this, let them hear the that growth healing recovery all of that is possible and and it, it's it's each human being's birthright to attain those things right we're we're meant to live joyous lives we really really are i, I believe that to my core as always you can reach out to me at realmenfeel at gmail.com and until next time don't just be good to yourself love yourself <laughs>